What kind of activity is a sale under the CCPA and why is the definition important for companies engaging in digital advertising? I'm Alexa Singh, an associate in Manette's advertising, marketing, and media practice. And I'm Po Yi, a partner in the same practice. And this is Perfect Balance, an advertising law podcast from Manette. For this episode, we invited Scott Lashway and Brandon Riley to discuss the implications of the California Consumer Privacy Act, also known as the CCPA, on companies involved in digital advertising. Scott is co-leader of Manat Privacy and Data Security Practice. Scott has established himself as one of the nation's leading cybersecurity and data privacy counselors with 20 years of experience in the space. Brandon is a California-based partner in the same group. He's a legal 500 rising star for cyber law and is a frequent speaker and thought leader on privacy issues, in particular today's topic, the CCPA. Scott and Brandon, thank you both for joining us. The CCPA has had a huge impact on the way companies think about data generally. While we've all been living with the CCPA, or shall I say the specter of the CCPA for over two years, it seems like there is still a lot of confusion about the scope and applicability of the CCPA, especially with respect to the definition of a sale. Before we talk about the definition, Scott, can you tell us why companies should care whether certain activity is considered a sale under the CCPA, especially companies involved in digital advertising? Hey, thanks a lot, Paul. It's great to be here. Let me help set the table for our discussion. Companies whose personal information transfers are deemed sales, quote unquote, under the CCPA, have a lot to do to comply with the law's requirements. This may include identifying and tracking what transfers could be deemed sales, for example, working to accurately disclose details about those sales through its privacy disclosures, and then creating and implementing sale opt-out functionality on the company's website in processing operations. So let me dig a little deeper to give you an example of some of the challenges. Companies that sell personal information have to include a link or a button on their website that says, do not sell my personal information. And then if a consumer submits a request not to sell their personal information, companies have to honor that within a certain time frame may need to be in contact with that particular customer as well. And so that's a lot to ask. Now, keep in mind, depending on the amount of personal information involved, these requests add up and each has to be handled competently and efficiently. It can't be ignored. And if you screw up and don't honor valid opt-out requests, prepare yourself for potentially significant fines and the promise of a creative and active plaintiff's bar in California. The California Attorney General's finalized regulations also include very detailed requirements regarding the contents and style of a company's privacy policies and the opt-out functionality. These requirements include where on the company website the notice of the right to opt-out must be posted, and they even get so granular as to specify how the company's mobile apps must display notices. It's a lot to ask. It does sound like a lot. And given the apparent risks, I can see why companies need to pay attention to the CCPA and its potential implications for their business. So, going back to the definition of a sale, what kind of activities could fall within that definition under the CCPA? That's a a great question, Alexa. And the California lawmakers haven't really done us any favors because the words that they're using here seem to have apparent meanings, but they don't. So in this case, a data sale means something actually more than just 
monetizing data. It means any transfer of personal information to a third party entity in return for really anything, any kind of consideration, whether it's money, services rendered, or anything else that could arguably be considered consideration. A straightforward example is if a lead generator website is collecting personal information through an online survey and then contracting with advertisers to use that data for their own purposes. That would be a fairly straightforward and garden variety data sale. But there is an additional caveat here in the, in the law, and that's that the law has a lot to say also about third-party entities and service provider entities. And essentially, if you want to truly avoid a data sale situation, if you are not a service provider, then you may be a data purchaser and the transaction may be considered a data sale. And for this reason, it's very important for companies to look at their data transactions and ask, is this a closed loop data transfer or is it an open loop data transfer to use a phrase that I often use? Under this view, the situation where the data recipient is actually using the data for their own purposes or for the purposes of other corporate clients or customers, it might be considered a data sale because under that definition, they're not a service provider. So that's a uh, pretty broad definition. Let's unpack that and see how that applies specifically to online behavioral or interest-based advertising. If a company shares its CRM data with an ad agency, who then combines that data with the agency's own data sets, some of which may be licensed from a third-party data broker, which of the activities that I just mentioned constitute a sale under the CCPA? So in my view, Poe, any of these could be a sale depending on the facts. And as Brandon said, a quote-unquote sale is being interpreted by some as the sharing of personal information for value. And you're right, that's a very broad concept. And the California courts will clarify that over time for us. But let me address your hypothetical very specifically. If the company is receiving free CRM services in exchange for sharing its CRM data with an ad agency, that could be deemed a sale. The third-party data broker could be deemed to be selling its data sets to the ad agency, even though or even if that sharing is in the context of a licensing agreement. And if the ad agency were to leverage its data sets using the company's CRM data to create customer profiles that it then commercializes further downstream, that could be deemed a sale at some further point. Note that there's not a consensus interpretation of what constitutes a sale yet, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out through enforcement actions and ensuing litigation, some of which have already begun. So it's potentially quite wide-ranging. Brandon, is the new California ballot measure in the November elections doing anything to simplify this? The new ballot measure, my sophisticated legal answer is kind of. So to take a step back, there is a new ballot measure on Californians' ballot in November for the California Privacy Rights Act. This is an extension of the CCPA. So here we are talking about really the CCPA. We're just now getting acquainted with it in many ways, and it may actually change here fairly soon. So does the CPRA do anything to solve some of this ambiguity around what a data sale is? The definitions of sale, third-party service providers are more or less unchanged by the new ballot measure. 
there is this new notion of a contractor that doesn't exist under the CCPA currently, but that definition is not really meaningfully different from the existing concepts of a service provider. What the CPRA does do on the question of sale is confirm that interest-based advertising should be given the right to opt out. This is open to interpretation under the CCPA, but the activity now under the CPRA has its own defined term. It's called sharing, which of course is a very broad term that will give way to understandable confusion. But the CPRA does define sharing very narrowly as the type of advertising activity that we're talking about and effectively extends all of the data sale requirements that Scott described at the beginning of this pod. So if passed, there will be less debate whether consumers are entitled to opt out of this activity. And it'll be fairly straightforward that advertisers on their websites need to have a button that says, do not share my personal information. So given the vagaries of the definition and challenges in applying it to a particular transfer, what should advertisers and others in the digital advertising ecosystem consider when evaluating their compliance with the CCPA? That's a question we're getting a lot. Companies need to be very specific and careful about their transfers of personal information, and they should be sure to identify what parts of their businesses are sharing personal information, including through any software used by a particular business unit, like in the CRM example that we just talked about. Companies must track what information is shared outside the organization and with whom it is shared. Basic data hygiene. They should also look at the context around this information sharing. And they should ask themselves questions such as, is information being shared with corporate affiliates, with business partners? What kind of business partners and what are they doing with it? And specifically, companies should consider whether any of these transactions could be deemed a sale under the CCPA. So are there mechanisms to consider when navigating these requirements? For example, in the above scenario we were just discussing with respect to CRM data, how can the company ensure that the CRM data transfer is not a data sale? This is a common question that we get is, you know, before you get to the question of what do we have to do if something's a data sale, what you really want to think about is how can we make this not a data sale, right? How can we avoid the data sale requirements? There are a couple different strategies that you can go through as a checklist to see if this is even possible for your transaction. The first, and this is almost always the first question to ask is, can we de-identify the data that is the subject of the transaction or that's required for the transaction? Or can we aggregate the data that is part of the transaction? Either of those operations, if conducted pursuant to the CCPA's requirements, essentially pull that data set out of the universe of regulated data under the CCPA. So that's the first question. The second question goes to what we have been talking about already, which is, is there a way to contractually limit the ad agency's status to that of a service provider? And in order to do that, you have to contractually, quote unquote, close the loop. So you have to make sure that the ad agency is promising and covenanting to the company that it will not use the data that it gets in order to render CRM services for really any other purpose. And in particular, for any purpose that accrues to the sole benefit of the agency or perhaps even to the benefit of some of the agency's other corporate clients. If any of that activity is going on, the ship is going to probably sail on you being able to say that this is a service provider. 
The third thing to look at, if neither of those options are available, is perhaps this is a situation where it's realistic and it makes sense to actually get specific consent from the consumers to make the data transaction. Now, these circumstances are much more rare because it's incredibly burdensome to get specific consent and direction from a consumer for a specific transaction, but there are some situations where perhaps it makes sense. The CCPA is very clear, though, that it has to be specific direction from the consumer, and it likely has to identify the specific recipient of the data in that situation. Aside from these three ways to navigate around the requirements, how else are data brokers and advertising platforms addressing their compliance needs? Lately, we've seen more and more of these kinds of businesses avoid direct transfers of personal information to their clientele in favor of providing a kind of closed loop system. So for example, we see many advertising platforms, those whose business is helping companies reach a particular demographic to market their products and services, for example, provide only aggregated information rather than specific protected personal information to their customers regarding impressions and say customer journeys. Providing aggregated information on a proprietary web-based platform allows advertising platforms to share relevant information while minimizing risks associated with collecting and sharing personal data. Other than that, we've seen data brokers and advertising platforms provide tools to help their customers comply with the CCPA in other privacy laws, frankly, in connection with using those products and services. So some ad tech providers, for example, are offering a suite of tools to assist those companies using their service. But, and this is important, companies still need to consider their own risks. Farming out CCPA compliance to third parties and vendors may simply add to the risks involved. Brandon, are you seeing advertisers turn to particular interpretations or models specifically? We are, and these approaches vary. So a little bit ago, I talked about the different strategies that you can use to actually try to avoid a transaction being a data sale. If none of those things are possible and it's essentially unavoidable that the transaction may be a data sale, there's still a bunch of different approaches that we're seeing kind of out in the wild. I wouldn't necessarily endorse any of these approaches for certain situations, but this is what we're seeing. First, what you often see is utilization of industry tools such as those offered by the NAI or the DAA that have a unified opt-out function. You can link to those tools from your privacy policy and the consumer from there can do kind of a universal opt-out. It's limited though only to those advertisers and publishers that are participating in the program. So it's by its definition, not necessarily comprehensive. Another strategy that some use is simply in your privacy policy, instruct users to use their in-browser privacy settings, opt-out settings in order to manage what's going on with cookies and pixels and interest-based advertising. That's another strategy. A third is to use tools that have been offered by the big platforms such as Google and Facebook, where they've rolled out features that they call, for instance, limited data use mode which is essentially turning the platform into a closed loop service provider, at least attempting to do that. There's also one-to-one opt-out mechanisms uh, depending on what advertising product is being used. Another solution that we see is a kind of in-house or an internal solution that drops a cookie on a browser of someone who has opted out or exercised their attempt to opt out. 
and then attempt to thereafter block all interest-based advertising for that user. Those, of course, have limitations if the individual changes devices or browsers. If the session isn't authenticated, there can be significant limitations to how persistent that opt-out is. And then finally, companies still have simply taken the position because of the understandable ambiguity of all this that interest-based advertising, at least, is not a data sale. And they're at least explicitly taking that position, or perhaps they're just not doing anything in their privacy policy. Thanks, Brandon. What can be the consequences of non-compliance or getting compliance wrong? Scott, you mentioned earlier that companies that fail to honor valid opt-out requests may face significant fines and the promise of a creative and active plaintiff's bar. If an advertiser violates these requirements, listen, they face enforcement and penalties and the risk of civil litigation. It's not simple. The California Attorney General has made very clear that the office will be enforcing the CCPA, even in the midst of a global pandemic. In early July, the office sent out a number of warning letters to companies identified through complaints that the office received, as well as through its own investigation of complaints posted on social media. Many of these letters related to compliance with the do not sell my personal information provisions of the CCPA that we talked about above. Remember, the Attorney General can seek civil penalties of up to $2,500 per violation or $7,500 per intentional violation. And depending on the volume of personal information in question, these fines simply add up. It's a game of math. Otherwise, as expected, we have seen a very active plaintiff's bar pursuing class litigation on behalf of those who believe companies have not handled their personal information in a lawful manner. And it's too early to pontificate now as to what success the plaintiff's bar will have in furthering the definition of sale and its application to the advertising industry. CCPA is one state's law, although we are talking about California, a very important state. Why is everyone so worried about the CCPA and cares so much about it? Are there any similar state laws either in effect now or on the horizon? So as a native Californian, I'll say California is the most important state. So it's the CCPA has been given good deference here. But the question of what's going on in other states Nevada actually passed a little heralded law, and it actually went into effect before the CCPA did last year. This is called Nevada SB 220 based on the bill that created it, but it does implement a much more limited opt-out right for Nevada residents to exercise a request not to sell data to certain online operators. Now, it is much more limited. It applies to a much more limited data set, and it has a much more clean and narrowly defined definition of data sale, but it's nonetheless there. And I think we can absolutely expect in the coming years to see very similar concepts passed by other states. Thank you, Brandon, and thank you, Scott. Based on our conversation today, it is evident that advertisers and all companies involved in digital advertising should pay attention to the CCPA and take proper compliance steps. Scott and Brandon, could you each give us a practice pointer for our listeners? Thanks, Alexa. It's nice being here with you today. So mine would be where a company is sharing information with a third party for digital advertising purposes. You really need to consider the complexities under the CCPA of whether that transfer could be deemed a sale. And if it is, what does that mean with respect to your potential risks in making that transfer? And how can you mitigate those risks? And mine would be along similar lines, which is really one of the most common questions that we get. If you get a vendor contract, just pay special attention 
to contracts that do not, or at least arguably don't, create a closed loop data flow. If you're not comfortable with that creating a data sale, then that contract probably is going to need to be revised. Thank you for joining us once again on Perfect Balance, an advertising law podcast from Manat. Scott and Brandon are members of Manat's multidisciplinary cross-industry privacy and data security practice, which fields teams of legal and consulting professionals to offer practical, holistic advice tailored to clients' infrastructure, technology, business, and strategic objectives. For our most recent infographic on the building blocks of CCPA compliance, our webinar on practical cybersecurity considerations during COVID-19, our white paper on consumer health data privacy, and more, please visit the related resources listed in this episode's caption. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Perfect Balance, an advertising law podcast from Manat. The views expressed on the podcast reflect the personal views and opinions of the participants and are not intended to constitute legal advice or counsel under any circumstance. Downloading and listening to this recording do not result in the formation of an attorney-client or other business relationship. You should not act on any information in the podcast without seeking the advice of a competent attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction.